0: Everybody, Jerry, well done. I did not call you to tell you how to do your job, um, but I do appreciate. Uh, I do appreciate being being able to spend a few minutes with this crowd tonight, and uh, you know, again. Um, As Jerry has done, uh, thank you, General Faulkner, and the rest of the Marine Corps Association. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our professional organization. Um, So I, um, it's just really important, everything that they do, the sponsors, uh, thank you so much for your support. Um, And if you're not a member, enough said, right? First, let me, let me, Congratulate all of the award winners. I recognize some of them. Really, really proud of you and and just absolutely uh, honored to be able to be here with you as you uh, deserve and receive the credit that you deserve because it is a a slog out there. And what you're doing out there is really important. Um, So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to just spend a few minutes tonight to talk about the challenges uh, that we have before us. You know, this changing security environment and the work we have ahead of us. So let's start with the gravity of the security environment that we find ourselves in. Because we're competing today with rising powers who, if left alone, will rearrange the world order in their favor. We're competing today against adversaries who are not comfortable with the world order that we created alongside our allies and partners following World War II. We're competing today against rising powers who do not share our appreciation for the power of democracy. The freedoms that it enables are the strength of partnerships of like-minded democracies. For decades, this world order that we created has enabled global business, global supply chains, global banking, a global internet, and global security and prosperity, especially in the Pacific. Today, we're competing with adversaries who will exploit the very environment we created for selfish gains and for increased ownership of the rules of engagement. We've entered a period of competition for resources, for access, for data, and for influence. We've entered a period where the promise of advanced technologies like 5G is causing our allies and friends to sacrifice control and the privacy of their nation's and its citizens' most sensitive data. We're facing adversaries who manipulated our election. We're facing adversaries who have stolen our intellectual property to enable their industry's success. And when they can't steal it, they buy it. We're facing adversaries who have instituted social credit systems and do all applications like WeChat that are used to control private data and influence populations. We're facing an adversary that has been very direct about its intentions, and there's no mystery to their desired end state. So it's hard to imagine how this might all play out in the end, but make no mistake, there is urgency for us to be clear-minded about this challenge and this environment that's being created around us and how we must respond. Importantly, we have to recognize that this fight is a now fight. It's today's fight. In the days ahead, we'll talk about the force we have to build for our worst day. But in doing that, we must recognize that in the path to that force, we are setting conditions. We are deterring. We are exposing bad behavior. We are contesting. We are aggressively building and maintaining thoughtful partnerships. And we're challenging every assumption we grew up with. This new security environment includes new warfighting domains, space and cyber, as well as a growing awareness of the power of the information environment. The information environment is where the battle for understanding and data and intelligence and influence and signatures and the narrative happens. It's a battle for the narrative which amplifies the need to operationalize our strategic communication capability. It's the battle for cyber terrain. It's the battle for physical access, information access, and the ability to command and control. It's the battle for speed and confidence in decision-making because in the next fight, it's not the big that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. This new security environment requires different skills. We have to build on what we're really good at, like find, fix, and finish, and we need to stack new skills on top, like globally integrated operations. We have to fight the tendency to protect equities and old processes or even old definitions that may not work in the future. Because this is a new fight, a different fight, and in this one, the rules of engagement are not always clear. This is a global competition. And we may plan inside a theater, but the hot breath on the back of our necks tells us that the battlespace geometry we once understood so well has clearly changed. General Raymond, the commander of U.S. Space Command, is a geographic combatant commander. Let that sink in for a minute. It's very cool, by the way. Cyberspace does not respect physical boundaries. And that requires new partnerships, new processes, new sensors, and new skill sets. The Commandant's planning guidance is clear. As Marines, we are to renew our relationship with the United States Navy, to reaffirm our role as the Fleet Marine Force, an extension of that great blue-water Navy that once ruled the seas, that projected power globally, guaranteed freedom of navigation, and sea control, and we're all in. Together with our Navy brothers and sisters, we make a formidable team. What that means to us is pretty clear. Specifically, we must find ways to partner more closely to build better and perhaps new capabilities for the fleet and its core. We must share best practices, plan together, learn together, spend money together, solve complex problems together, because we are the naval service. Specifically, we must work together to insert technology, improve processes, integrate new capabilities, and train a new generation of warfighters. Here's how I see some of those tasks ahead, and they can be binned under technology, processes, and people. Ladies and gentlemen, this competition between great powers that we find ourselves in in part, is a race for new technologies. I want to be careful for a minute to not throw buzzwords at you, but to speak very deliberately about the pace of technological change and what that means to us. We must be clear-eyed and deliberate about what technologies we invest in and how we sequence these investments for this contest in the information environment. Some thoughts come to mind. We have to build a global warfighting network we can all be proud of. We have to be in the cloud. The cloud improves security, enables a global fight, and enables artificial intelligence. We must better understand our data, because data, ladies and gentlemen, is the currency of this competition and of the next fight. Swimming in data that is unstructured and unlabeled is not a problem we can continue to admire we got to get organized, and we got to move out. We have to build the Naval Tactical Grid. That's the sensor-to-shooter network of capabilities that will increase our resilience and maximize our ability to see, sense, and target over the horizon. Tactical Grid is all about the data and the ability to share it quickly in a contested environment. We must begin to learn how to integrate and maximize the potential of artificial intelligence. We must do this not only to move more quickly, but also to act more efficiently. With successful integration of AI and machine learning, we have to have the courage to quickly amend processes and our workforce. And as intelligence professionals, we have to be agile enough to respond quickly to the capabilities that technology will enable. We should take greater risk in inserting technology. We can no longer afford to surge contractors at a problem if a technology solution can solve it better. We should allow humans to do what they do best, and technology will do what it does best. It really is that simple. We should be clear and deliberate about what technologies should be protected. For our industry partners in the room, we deeply appreciate your partnership with us. But there are technologies that may just be the single advantage that the good guys really need. And we must be thoughtful moving forward about how we protect those. We should be thinking hard about what Huawei developed 5G means to the warfight. How does it change how we think and planned spectrum use? How does it change how we think about force protection? How does it think about how we provide intelligence support? We have to think about the opportunity of technology and the threat of the adversary's use of that technology and we have to be willing to change our behavior. Moving from technology to process, the information environment demands that we think again about how we plan and execute operations. As the department learns how to fight globally, as we learn how to integrate processes to achieve effects or maneuver in cyber and space, we must be willing to adapt these processes quickly. I believe moving forward, we will have to challenge every assumption we've always made about our dependence on space and the ability to see, sense, and act. New warfighting domains demand new process. A global fight will demand new process. Specifically for this team, new warfighting domains will require new intelligence processes and new intelligence skills. Cyber and space neither of which have boundaries that nicely match physical lines on a map. will require new partnerships, new tools, new battle rhythms, and a deeper understanding of authorities and permissions and effects, how to understand old terms like battle damage assessments. As the inside force, we must fight to better understand the threat, provide commanders the ability to fight through that threat. And at the service level, I believe we have to think again about how we provide intelligence driven capability development, informed by the global supply chain and critical technologies that must be guarded. We can never forget that global businesses do business globally. As alliances shift, businesses make decisions, and accesses are won and lost, we must constantly reassess our capabilities. So we have to amend our own business practices to ensure we build capabilities we can depend on on our worst day. We have to explore innovative ways to accomplish counterintelligence missions. And we have to think aggressively and maintain pace with social media trends as we move out to increase open source intelligence, human and CI capabilities. Did you know, by the way, that today's kids spend more time on online games like Fortnite and Roblox than YouTube, Netflix, and Facebook combined. So as I've learned, this is where kids hang out now. I have a schnauzer. So, I think this is where a determined adversary will also hang out. Roblox and Fortnite are much more like social networks than they are games. So what does that do to the way we think about counterintelligence or OSINT? And if you were intent on influencing the culture, and beliefs, and narratives around social, political, and security issues, would you not be interested in platforms like these? But enough about games, because I do not want to encourage you to play games. Ladies and gentlemen, what you really hear me encouraging to do is, is to just think differently, to be agile, to challenge assumptions, and then to act. Just try. Just step out. We must re-examine authorities and borders and permissions. And if we find ourselves bumping into old policy that may not work anymore, we have to ask for change, because the answer is always no if you don't ask. The fight is changing, and the environment must change with it. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, we have to think anew about people. Because while we have a lot of work to do to reimagine the role of technology and process and how we fight and compete, we know that our people will always be our strength. And Here's where i become most encouraged for the future. So force design and force development give us a brand new opportunity to build the right formations. So is there a better way to organize the force that we have today? If there is, we should do that. Keeping in mind the opportunity and the direction from our Commandant on Naval Integration, how should the Fleet Marine Force organize itself, along with the Navy, to build capabilities for operations in the information environment? By the way, our Navy Information Warfare shipmates are incredibly talented, experienced, and ready to partner with us. What should our warfighting staffs look like? And how do we work with them to better maneuver in the information environment? To integrate electromagnetic spectrum operations, manage signatures, create, integrate, and deliver tactical cyber capabilities, and conduct defensive cyber maneuver. These are near-term tasks because together we're better and the fight is now. We know that we'll need smart, educated, experienced Marines to help us build the force I'm talking about. How do we think differently about incentivizing retention? I do not believe we will have a problem recruiting. We never do. We work hard. I do believe the challenge is retention. How do we think differently about retaining our civilian team? I am all in on the SECNAV's intent to build the Naval Community College out of the various schoolhouses we have today. So let's contribute to that with certificate-based retention incentives for cyber and intel and data and commarines so that when they finish a 20-year career, they leave with a master's degree. We have to continue to refine the cyber and SIGINT MOSs until we get them right, because I'm 100% positive that when we created the cyber MOS, we didn't get it 100% right, but we got started. Ladies and gentlemen, importantly, Our people will always, always, always be our advantage. Our NCO Corps, our staff NCO Corps, and thinking junior officers with energy and a cardinal direction can accomplish amazing things. We may not yet enjoy the best AI engineers or data scientists, but our strength will always be our force. Our challenge, therefore, is to ensure that we have the best technology and process enabled force. So I was honored tonight, this afternoon, to attend Master Gunnery Aaron Hoffman's retirement. So at one point there was a gaggle of about 35 Master Gunnery Sergeants led by that one there. So I quickly attempted to do the math. At least 20 years per Marine, who knows how many deployments represented in that group, deployments into harm's way, countless leadership lessons, countless younger Marines positively impacted through instruction, mentorship, encouragement, or just a good old-fashioned standards adjustment. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how we win. That's how we win, because I would stack that group of Marines against their peers, against every other nation, any day. And I would stack their subordinates against their peers any day. So people empowered to try new things and to lead at Echelon will win the day for us. So we need to educate them, and we need to love them, and we need to lead them, and we need to keep them on the team. Finally, I believe that diversity of thought will matter in the future fight. Think about it. One of the clear advantages we will always have over our pacing threat is how we embrace diversity. Diversity is not about quotas. Diversity is how we think about the tools we put in the toolbox, or how we use the keys on a keyboard. You can't build anything of value with a single hammer, and you can't create a masterpiece with a single note. It takes all of us, united around a single focus, to win. And I believe that a dramatic mix of talent of all races, religions, backgrounds, and gender will be the difference in the future. And it most certainly will mark us as different from our adversaries. So as intelligence professionals, I think you know this well. Perspective, language, culture, experience all feed our understanding. And we need all comers. But leaders in this environment must serve with empathy and an understanding that everyone's path to the success is not the same. And it's the path that shapes us and informs our judgment. We must be deliberate about building a diverse force that can outthink, outproblem solve, and outmaneuver the adversary. We must talk about diversity as a warfighting necessity. And tonight, I'm declaring it essential in the information environment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's really an exciting time to be a Marine. Or to support our Marines. If you are an industry partner, we appreciate your continued support and we recognize your commitment to excellence and your important contributions to the world's finest fighting force. But tonight, I believe you also must recognize that the conditions have changed. I will not presume to tell you how to respond to that change, but I will ask for your continued support of America's warfighters. For the intelligence family, I just want to say that this community has always led the way as our service has entered changing times. Your ability to think critically, to outmaneuver the threat, and to speak with conviction about your assessments have always served our core well. And I am so proud to be on your team. If you're wearing a uniform tonight, I need you to continue to think critically, I need you to challenge your assumptions, I need you to keep your head on a swivel, be aggressive, be intellectually and professionally curious and get things done. And remember that the path to the future is where strength and deterrence and excellence will be defined. My sincere congratulations again to all tonight's awards winners. And thank you for the example that you set out there. My humble and sincere thanks to the Marine Corps Association, to the sponsors, to all those who have made tonight possible. Thank you again for having me. Semper Fi.